From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Wisconsin's congressional delegation broke along party lines last week when the House voted to impeach President Trump for his role in inciting a riot at the U.S. Capitol that left five people dead. It's now up to the U.S. Senate to decide whether to hold a trial that could lead to a conviction, even after Trump's term expires on Wednesday and President-elect Joe Biden is sworn in. Any word from Wisconsin's two senators, Republican Ron Johnson and Democrat Tammy Baldwin, on this? What do they think about holding a trial in the Senate after Trump's term expires this week? Well, uh, one thing that Baldwin said was that you know, she called President Trump a danger to democracy, so the Senate needs to take action on his impeachable offenses and, quote, hold him accountable for inciting a violent insurrection against the will of the American people. So uh, she's kind of telegraphing where she's at. I have not seen, um, if I remember off the top of my head, a direct quote from Ron Johnson about whether he thinks this is a good idea. We know that he thought that the last attempt to impeach or remove President Trump was not a good idea. So I think there's a generally a feeling that Ron Johnson is not going to support this effort in the U.S. Senate when it comes to a trial. In another development, it appears Democratic Governor Tony Evers and the Republican-controlled state legislature are at an impasse over a coronavirus relief package. The state assembly passed a bill that would provide payments to parents of students who've had at least half their instruction virtually since September and allow one essential family member to visit patients in nursing homes. The state Senate last week passed a bill that keeps some of the provisions from the assembly, but removes others that would forbid local officials from closing businesses for more than two weeks at a time, and require school boards to vote every two weeks to continue all virtual education. Governor Evers says he would sign the Senate bill, but Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says he opposes it. So what happens next? How do Evers and lawmakers break the stalemate? It looks like the Assembly will be on the floor again January 26th. The indications are that uh, some Republicans will take up this amended version of the bill, amend it again, and send it back. What we don't know for sure is what they'll change it to include. Uh, The assumption is that there'll be ongoing negotiations uh, to try and get to some kind of resolution, but Assembly Republicans, generally speaking, are unhappy that the Senate was willing to give up, in their minds, so much to get one thing, and that is liability protections for businesses, nonprofits, schools, churches, and others. You know, that's really, those kind of liability protections are not things that Democrats usually sign on to. So that really was a big piece of what Republicans have wanted, and Senate Republicans felt like that was really worth it, getting the governor to agree to do that to then drop other things that Republicans had put in the assembly bill, such as, you know, prohibiting the requirement of a COVID-19 vaccine and condition of employment. So now we're going to see what provisions assembly might try and put back in that could still pass the governor uh, because the original version of the bill the assembly did in talking to people, they just came up, came to the conclusion that bill was not going to fly with governor Evers the way it was drafted. The question for conservatives is, what more could they get out of Evers beyond just those liability protections that would be a, a bill that he could sign on and, and get passed through both houses on, onto his desk? 
And finally, Governor Evers delivered his State of the State address last week. He promised that 2021 would be the year of broadband access. He says the coronavirus has exposed lack of access, especially in northern Wisconsin, like never before. And access is now crucial for virtual learning and telemedicine. The issue has been kicking around in the legislature for years, with some strides made in the past three budget cycles. Do you think this will be the year, as the governor has promised, when all areas of the state have significant access? I don't know if it'll be for all areas of the state, but of the three provisions that he kind of called for in his budget, this probably is the most likely to get done. Um, everybody, generally speaking, supports broadband expansion and access to broadband. Um, you know, he's talking about a nearly $200 million investment to help improve access. Uh, the question people have is whether that price tag is going to be agreeable to Republicans in the legislature when they get the budget. But expanding, yeah, I think that people are joining board with that. Remember, the other things he wanted to do, he um, called for in the state of the state, were to uh, do a special session to overhaul um, the computer system used for an employment insurance program, which obviously suffered from backlogs uh, with the explosion of claims uh, this past year. He put out that bill last week. He called for the special session to begin on Tuesday, lawmakers said, no, we think you have enough money as it is to begin this process without going through a special session bill. The third provision he called for is that he'd put in his budget a provision that would require lawmakers to take some steps to the maps they're going to draw in redistricting. Don't think that's going anywhere, but broadband may be one of these few areas they can all agree on because everybody likes expanding broadband and making sure their constituents have access to high-speed internet. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.